0: God is good all the time. All the time. God, is God is good. all the time. All the time. Amen. So I'm going to start off by reading today's scripture which comes from 1 Corinthians 11:33. Um, and as I read, just a reminder that we are in a new series or a second week of a series called One Anothering um, all of there's about a hundred times that one another is used in the new testament and so we're going to examine some of those and f- figure out what it means to be community um, in the way of christ first Cor- corinthians eleven thirty three. 33 so then my brothers and sisters when you come together to eat wait for one another this is the word of the lord thanks be to god Uh, so, growing up, I was always taught, and you know, you can you can uh, complain that David always talks about food, but it's food is life, right? Food is what we surround ourselves with, and the thing I want to say is that food is not just food, amen. Food is not just food; it's not for just our nourishment or to give us calories, but food is family. Food is community, food is connecting, food is people, relationship, food is the church um, gathered together, and food is a part of the Lord's Supper, the great banquet table, Um, and as we will take the Lord's Supper um, together today in worship, um, as well as in the, during the potluck later on downstairs it continues right we we sit in unity at the lord's table um but food and growing up you know i don't know if this is similar to your guys's background um, but when we go to a restaurant uh, for instance our family um we're supposed to wait right wait until everyone gets their food before starting to eat. So thankfully some restaurants still hold that value or understand that, so they'll bring the food all at once. But some restaurants will bring it like five minutes apart, right? Food, 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 food. And in in those cases, um, if you're like our family or many Asian cultures, um, everyone has to wait until every each person has their meal before starting to eat, before praying and then eating. And if you're hungry, you're, you know, your stomach is growling, you're really hungry, and everything in you wants to just take that bite, right, of that juicy food, you have to wait, right? How many of you are have that in your kind of DNA or have experienced that or have witnessed that? Yes. Okay. Okay, so I think it's a good custom um, and you know when I, when I am gonna be late in fact and my family's at a restaurant, I'll call them ahead of time and either give them my order, like I want this and this so that the order goes in at the same time or if I'm gonna be late, I say, go ahead and eat before me. Because that's an acknowledgement of that kind of waiting, and people are waiting on me to eat together. And so I'll say, go ahead and eat without me. And that will free everyone to eat, right? Or even in a restaurant, if um, someone gets their, you know, a couple people get their food first, and then you're the one person, you know, like, sorry, we missed we missed the order, we got it wrong, I'm sorry, 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 and for some reason it comes out 20 minutes later, right? It's your responsibility to say, go ahead and eat first, because people are just waiting, right? And even if they say, oh no, 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 it's okay, it's okay, right? We'll wait for you. You have to say, go ahead and eat before me. And so there's this kind of wrestling um, between values, And I think behind that custom and behind those values is an acknowledgement that food is more than just food, right? Food is not just food and nourishment. In fact, you should delay kind of the consumption of food, delay your cravings and your hunger um, in order to eat together. Because when you eat together, right, at the same time, that's the backdrop That's the context for conversation, for connecting. You connect over the food. You say, how is yours? Oh, it's a little spicy. How is yours? It's under salty, right? Can I try some of yours? Take a bite. Can I try yours? You want some of mine? There's connection that happens when food is eaten together, and it's also a sign or a symbol of unity, of people eating together. As I've mentioned before, the uri, which in Korean means we, the we-ness of hanging out together at the table, the we-ness. And so when we celebrate the Lord's Supper or communion or Eucharist, whatever word you use, whatever your background is, celebrating communion and worship is a participation in the banquet table of the kingdom, amen. Celebration of communion and worship is a participation in the banquet table of the kingdom. And it's also a family meal of the Father's table, right? It's what makes the church the church. It's what makes us Christ followers of the way. It gives us our flavor, right? It makes, we are the salt and the earth. Of the world and as we eat that demonstrates to everyone who's witnessing that or who comes across that wow that is the family of God they are sitting at the table of God that is the table of Jesus Christ and that's distinctive it's distinctive because wow there's many different people There's many different social classes. There's many different ethnicities. There's many different places, social positions that people are in. And yet, because of Christ, right, who reconciles all of us, we sit at one round table that's constantly expanding, expanding, expanding as we face outward and invite people to the table. Are you with me, church? And this banquet God's banquet table, the banquet table of the kingdom, is characterized by abundance, joy, remembrance, presence, thankfulness, unity, reconciliation, hope, and mission. It's what makes the church the church. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he offered himself. Jesus offers himself. His body his blood poured out to his disciples saying, do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. This command to remember um, or make a memorial. The fancy word is anamnesis. At the table of the Lord is the smell, is the flavor of the followers of Jesus Christ, is the smell of home. Are you with me, church? And you may not believe me, but the Bible, I talk about food a lot, but the Bible is full of the image imagery that points towards the table, the shared table, right, and hospitality. Last week we talked about hospitality and washing one another's feet is a, sign, is a, is a way of radically uh, practicing radical hospitality. Um, But when you read the Bible, your mouth can sometimes salivate, right? Because it talks about food all the time. The life-sustaining, eating, and drinking through the pages of Scripture. Think about it. Manna and quail in the desert. The water from rock. Meat and bread from the wings of ravens. The unleavened bread. The wine of Cana. The ripping of fishnets. The bread and fish that kept coming and coming and coming. The body and the blood. God loves us. God loves his people. And just like parents who love their children, so we always ask, did you eat? Did you eat? Have you had enough? Right? God loves us and wants to give us, sustain us, feed us, fill us with abundant life, and life everlasting. And worship, as we're gathered together, is the fulfillment of our hunger after life, our hunger after Jesus Christ, our hunger after God, the church is the people of God, at the banquet table, at the Lord's Supper, who are breaking bread and drinking wine together in memorial of Christ. And it's through the communion or Holy Communion or the Lord's Supper, Eucharist, that we gain access. We remember and celebrate the self-giving love of God and the redeeming work of Christ. So at the table as we take communion, it's um, it's a, in remembrance as Christ commanded his disciples. Every time you do this, you remember me. We remember Christ's sacrifice. We remember that Christ gave his life, was crucified for the sake of the world, and was brought up into life. But not only do we remember, we come together. We come together in unity as the family of God at the beloved table. And we represent, we are a witness to the world through our unity coming together. And so what we're given in 1 Corinthians, I know I just read um, chapter or verse 33, um, but really from uh, 1 Corinthians 17 and on, Paul goes on this discourse, a corrective on communion, on Uh, What at that time was called the love feast, right? The agape feast, agape meaning love. Um, So the way that the early church practiced uh, the Lord's Supper, as Jesus commanded, was actually alongside a full meal, right? A full family meal that sometimes lasted all day, this love feast. And then during the love feast, there would be the elements, which is the bread, Um, uh, and the wine, and they would practice uh, what Jesus commanded in remembering through the bread and the wine, um, his sacrifice. And in verse uh, 17, if you are in your Bibles, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 17, Paul chastises his church at Corinth pretty bluntly and with venomously. I have no praise for you. For your meetings do more harm than good. Ouch. Right? Like, not only are you, like, gathering and, like, gratuitously gathering, actually your gathering does more harm. Like your negative community. Um, <laughs> and, um, but the church at Corinth was regularly ce- celebrating the communal supper uh, for the entire church as a part of their worship um, and it was usually held in the evenings um, probably in the home of a member of status and economic means so someone who had a house that you know who people who had homes that could you know take in many people and people who had the means to provide food and stuff like that everyone would bring food to this love feast like a potluck right right Um, each according to what they had Um, but the wealthy uh, and I think this is where the justice issue comes in and kind of the diversity um, kind of the divisiveness that Paul is talking about like I have this against you there's divisions among you he says in chapter 11 but the wealthy were corrupting the table of the Lord with their own self-serving actions they weren't waiting for the poor who did not have food to eat, but instead were hoarding the meals among their own class groups. So what was happening was these love feasts, you know, were potlucks, essentially people bringing, were celebrations bringing food, but the poor who didn't have food to give would just come empty handed. But the community, right, we remember in Acts, everyone gave according to what they had, Right and receive according to what they didn't have, um, the the people that had felt like oh we're just feeding and feeding and feeding and feeding these people they're just taking from us so what they began to do is okay let's just together let's just get together the people will have and let's just eat <laughs> right let's just feast together and then we'll take the elements so in that sense. The eating, the love feast, and and then the practicing the Lord's Supper became just about food and not a, um, a remembering of, one, the Lord's sacrifice, and, two, the unity of the family of Christ. Are you with me, church? And so Paul was seeing this and seeing the divisions that it was, and the factions that it was creating and gives this corrective to the church right you're eating and filling yourselves up and you're getting drunk on the wine and you're stuffing yourself in gluttony all the while that all the while you're filling yourself there are people who aren't eating There are people who are unable to drink like what's up with that and so essentially Paul's saying wait when you eat together wait for one another and there's the one another it's the same phrase um, that we've been looking at in this series wait for one another when you eat Simple. It's a simple phrase, but there's so much meaning in it. What does it look like for us to wait for one another as a community of faith, right? You know, if you're, uh, if you're into Disney movies or uh, shows, uh, Lilo and Stitch is an older one one of my favorite ones. Actually, when Janice and I were dating, she got me a little Stitch stuff, stuffy and said, and she started to call me Stitch because you know I was ornery, but inside I had a good heart, but a little ADHD and hyperactive. And uh, it was kind of cute. So she'd be like, Stitch, Stitch. I want her to call me Stitch again. Um. <laughs> um. But, uh, why was I telling that story? <laughs> Trina thought, I always go off notes, and then it ruins me. Um, Stitch, Lilo and Stitch. Oh, because in that, in that Disney production, uh, they talk about ohana, because it's set in Hawaii, and ohana is a Hawaiian word for family, which means no one gets left behind. Right, and I think that's a good kind of image or kind of thought for us as a Christian community. That's a radical picture of God's family and kind of uh, radical hospitality, radical unity, radical togetherness. To think about family in that way that no one gets left behind, right? Because it's so easy. It's so easy to just get mine, right? To be individualistic in the ways that we approach life, finances, resources, our home, you know, how we share. We're very individualistic. It's okay, I mean, that's just, our culture—that's Western culture—that strong individualism. It's what "How the West Was Won," right? It's how we, you know, progress or innovate. It's how we are, you know, can do. Uh, one person can rise and do many good things. Um, but sometimes, what gets la- what's lacking is that sense of collectivism, right? that we are not in islands of ourselves, but we're interconnected. And what I do affects the person next to me. Like we're part of a system, we're part of systems, we're part of families, we're part of interconnections. And so I can just point to it, right? I mean, when we're talking about masks and wearing masks, that was the argument, right? The argument is, you can't tell me what I can do. It's my right to do what I want to do, right? And the other side is saying, hey, you need to do this for the sake of other people, right? So that it's not just about you not getting sick, it's also about protecting whatever. People who are the most vulnerable are senior citizens, right? who are more vulnerable to the virus. And so this back and forth, like you're going against my American values versus can you think about other people, right? That's the tension. That's the tension um, in our country between thinking collectively, thinking about the community and thinking about our individual rights. And I'm not necessarily saying that, oh, get rid of individual rights or don't fight for those. But I think there are more than one way um, to see the world. And we also have to remember that when we talk about scripture, when we read scripture and contextualize scripture, people are writing and living in a culture that is more collectivistic than ours, right? It's not, they're not writing Jesus is not living in and speaking out. Disciples are not interacting with people in the context of the U.S. of A. It's it's like naturally, by its very nature of where it is in the world and the time period, a more group-oriented, collectivistic culture. We talked about hospitality in Scripture um, in the Old Testament when someone, a stranger, came on your land or near your home you were to offer them food and a place to stay right that was like the norm nowadays if a stranger comes to our home we're like calling the cops right like get away so it's a completely different culture but peoples is people right people are people and even in the the corinthian church That's why Paul was making that corrective. You're thinking about yourselves. You're not worrying, you're not considering other people. And food is just becoming like something else, a way to party, a way to celebrate, but not a memorial of what Jesus Christ did. Because if you remember Jesus... You wouldn't be doing this. Because what did Jesus do? No greater love has anyone than this. Than when someone lays down their life for their friends. That was Jesus' sacrifice. His very, that's what we're remembering when we take communion. Jesus' sacrifice and love laying his life down for all of us. So if you are truly remembering that and taking the communion, then you can't hoard, right? You can't eat for yourself. You can't deny or marginalize people. Amen? Amen. That's not what Christ was about. I know I have a dismount here. <laughs> dismount <laughs> here we go what Paul is trying to remind the Corinthian church when he brings them back to Christ's words at Passover, at the last supper he had, last meal he had with his disciple, um, he says, These are the words that I received, right, from the Lord Jesus Christ, right? The Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, is a gift that we receive as Christ offers himself to us, it's a free gift. We only have to receive it. Christ gives of his own body and his own blood. Christ loves through self-sacrifice. We too must give as people of the meal, right? We are people of the banquet table. We are people of the food. We are people of the round table. We are knights of, we are people. Rather than going first in life, we ought to give of ourselves and wait so that others can join us at the table. And that is actually our witness and our mission, right, as the church. While we are all here on earth aching for the time when all things will be made new, Um, our time here our goal our mission our call is to exchange our superficial plans our programs and structures our ineffective spreading of religion for the exhilarating seat at God's banquet table when we feast at this meal of joy we are so filled so moved that we can't help but become hosts inviting others to the table of joy and that's what Paul is talking about right keep being hosts keep practicing hospitality don't leave anyone behind invite everyone wasn't it Jesus who said when he invited people and in, you know the 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 person invited people to a party and everyone said no, right? Then the landowner said, Go to the highways and the byways, right? The table will be filled. So go and invite, go and bring. We are all family in the Imago day, right? No one gets left behind. It's Ohana family no one gets left behind stop rushing stop living in a scarcity mentality like if I don't grab that like a hungry hungry hippo I'm not going to get mine or I'm I'm not going to have enough I don't have enough to give to those poor people needy people out there I don't have enough to give I need to save myself But God is saying like, don't you remember the feeding on the lawn, on the grasses in the meadow, on fish split, split, split. It kept coming, it kept coming. Invite people, there is enough. There's abundance at the banquet table. And we need to live like this. We need to live like, oh, it's not just grilled cheese at church or grilled cheese at God's table. We need to invite people like, whoa, what's best food? There's ribs. And there's sushi. That's mine. There's sushi of all kinds. Sashimi of the best quality. And it's all you can eat. Sashimi, 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 sashimi. Right? Ribs, 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 ribs. And rice. Right? (laughs) Eat, 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 and invite. (laughs) Isn't it so much better? Aren't we so much more able to invite people to something we know that is good? Amen? God is good. All the time. I mean, I'm saying God is good. God is good. And sitting at his table is so, so good. Let's wait for people before we eat. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your encouragement to your community, your church, to wait for one another before we eat because we're family, because we want to be together, and because we don't want anyone to be left behind. Help us to know um, in my own heart I am afraid, and I don't think there's enough um, to satisfy, or I'm afraid I'll run out of stuff, and so I hoard, I collect the manna and try to save it for myself. And so I pray that we can be open-handed and how we receive the gift of the meal from you, that we may be a witness uh, beyond these walls to our neighbors. In Jesus' name, amen.